0: To the Pope on Film! I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am the Pope in Question. My
1: name is Reverend May Lynn. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. It is episode 451 of this podcast, which means, logically, that we have done 450 episodes before this one. Of course, that is the truth. Why would we lie? It's not like we would like, I don't know, uh, skip 100 episodes just to mess with people that don't even care. Why would we do that? That's just silly. So just trust us. It's episode 451. And today, what are we going to do for this episode of the podcast? Well, I'm not sure if I can explain it because... Only the infinity of the depths of a man's mind can really tell the story. I'm so excited! Woo! I just had my birthday. I'm t- I turned older than you'd think. Yeah. I look pretty good. One of my favorite pastimes is going on Facebook and looking up all of the men that I went to elementary school and grade school with, and to see them, two hundred and eighty pounds. Balding, gray hair, bunch of wrinkles, look like someone's grandfather. And then I look at me, all beautiful and nice. And yeah, estrogen is a miracle drug. So <laughs> we've got so much that we're doing today. Uh, I I I look freaking remarkable. We are going to be talking about the Oscars. We're going to be talking about the Razzies. We are going to be talking about. United States Presidents, we're going to be doing a little thing. I, I'm super excited about it. I'm so excited. And then this week's movie, oh, man, I have so much. We're going to be talking not just about Glenn or Glenda. We're going to talk be talking about Bella Lugosi and Bella Lugosi's uh, wife. We're going to be talking about the two sequels to Glenn or Glenda that Ed Wood wrote. Here's my original VHS copy with the Ed Wood Collection sticker still on it from Rhino Home Video. Haven't even opened it. Still sealed. It's one of my treasures, and I love it. Uh, We're going to be talking about this movie. We've already done this movie in episode 199, but this week we're going to be talking about it from a fresh, new trans perspective. And let me just say right now, I have watched Ed Wood's Glen or Glenda at least 50 times. At least. I have seen it high. I've seen it drunk. It's been on in the background while I've been doing it. I have seen it so many times. But I've only seen it about three times as a trans woman, and it is a completely different movie now. (laughs) And we're going to be talking about that. I am so freaking excited for this episode. It's going to be great. And so uh, let's get to it. So funny. Hi, how are you? Hi, how's is, it going? Uh, good. Is your hair
0: slicked back or pushed back? Uh, it's, it's, it's half free. Half is, free? Is what, it's back? It, yeah. Okay. It I looked have... a bit
1: slicked back, and I was wondering if you were, if, you know, if you had, uh, Uh, spiked-up blonde hair, itty-bitty jeans. Do you eat your steaks sloppy, I guess, is my question. (laughs) Sloppy steaks. New season of I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson on Netflix, uh, May 30th. So once that's done and you've watched the third season, then you can cancel your Netflix account. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Just to be clear. So our last episode was episode 450, which of course means that there have been exactly 449 episodes before that episode. And small aside, uh, don't question that math. Don't bother. I mean, why would you? It's not like we changed the episode numbers for no reason other than to F with people. Why would anyone do that? Plus, you're probably too busy to head to soundcloud.com the-pope-on-film and comb through the insane amount of content that this podcast creates to figure out this tiny little riddle that nobody cares about. So best leave the counting to us. This episode is 451, so we've recorded precisely 450 episodes before this one. That's just basic math. Two plus two is four. Minus one, that's three quick maths. Everyday man's on the block. Smoke trees. So, uh, this is episode 451. It was my birthday this past week. I turned older than I look. This is the phrase that I use now to explain uh, my age. Black don't crack. Brown slows down. Okay. That's a new one that I am uh, trying to start. Uh, so just trust me when I say I look re-friggin' remarkable for a woman my age. Estrogen is a miracle drug. So since this is my birthday episode, I wanted this to be a very personal episode. I'm not saying that this episode will be all about me, but... Uh, because that sounds conceited AF, but I just want this episode to be one where everything I talk about will be something I care about. For example, will we'll be, right huh? we'll, we'll be about you here,
0: huh? Will be about you.
1: No, 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 no. At. Just. Just things that I care about, like this week's movie, uh, Glenn or Glenda, which is a film we already did, episode 199, go check it out, it's a good episode. It was the first ever appearance of Steve Stubbs of the Week, and I reviewed Aquaman, which I do not remember at all. Looking back at Aquaman, the only thing I remember is that... uh, Agent Wu had a small part in it. Yes. In Aquaman. That's all I remember. That says something about the DC Cinematic Universe. If you put five women in front of me and told me one of them was Amber Heard, I do not know if I'd be able to pick them out.
0: Oh, no. No, not at all.
1: At all. I do not think so. This week's episode is brought to you by, um, a new soda. It's not Sprite, it's Rit. Uh Uh-oh. All new Rit. So be sure and find Rit at your local store. It's next to Sprite. You can also dye your clothes with it. Yeah, you can also dye your clothes with it. Rit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh... I'm excited to take another stab at Edwards Glenner, Glenda, uh, but this time it's from a totally different trans perspective. That will be very personal. I get to talk about the growth I've gone through. And speaking of growth, the Oscars. Okay. Happened the evening of our last episode. The Oscars happened. Our our last recording session for this podcast happened the day of the Oscars. And, and, and it puts uh,
2: me,
0: and it puts me in I lo- quite a quandary here. Uh, okay, because I have a long-standing tradition of not liking Oscar movies. Yeah, it's it's tough, isn't it? So I don't know what I what I should do. Should do? do I have to go back and now retroactively not like. Everything, everywhere, all at once. No, can I, can no, I, can, no. Can no I, you can, can, like, can it. I it to like it. It is shocking. Even though it won
1: an Oscar. Yeah, it won. It it took over everything, everywhere, all at once. And it's so funny because when I first saw it in theaters, like right around when it came out, it was just a tiny little indie movie that no one had heard of. And for that to blow up into the Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, like, that is a huge deal. And that meant so much to me. Mal and I were watching it together, and we were standing up and cheering. We watched the Oscars the way that cishet men watched the Super Bowl. Really? Yeah. The Oscars for us were basically if... 10 Super Bowls had a baby with WrestleMania. WrestleMania being next weekend. Uh, uh, and so, Oscars. I watch it every year and I love it. I love the Oscars. <coughs> but <coughs> what does the Oscars have to do with growth? Well, let me tell you, not only have I, Maylin, been on a long road of personal growth over these past few years, but our podcast has also grown yes, over these past few years. It has grown Not so in much. listeners, mind you. Not in listeners. Uh, definitely in length, but we're getting better about that. But um, our podcast has also shown a lot of growth. We started the podcast in 2014. It's almost been a decade of this podcast, which is... Fascinating, phenomenal, incredible, blows me away. Uh, I remember in the first few early years, we would rant and rave about the Razzies. Yes. Every year, the Dark Evil Nega Oscars... Where they celebrate the worst movies of the year, and we talked about... I remember the one year where All About Steve was nominated, and Sandra Bullock actually showed up to get her uh, Worst Actress nomination. Hats off Uh, to her for that. Huh?
0: Hats
1: off to her for that. Yeah, hats off to her for that. My screen keeps telling me that you're typing. Are you typing to me and I'm not seeing it, or... Is Am this something I you're typing? doing? Oh, no. Bunny Williams is talking. Okay, never mind. I don't know why it's telling me you're talking. I know you're talking, I can hear you. Anyway. Um, and we would talk, we would talk about the nominees every year and talk afterwards about what movies won big, you know. But the more I watch new releases in theaters from the end of 2018 to the pandemic in March of 2020, when they shut down all the movie theaters, I watched three movies a week, and it was a really good sort of film school for me. I forced myself to watch, and everything. I watched every Christian movie that came out, I watched every anime movie that came out in theaters, I watched the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes. And so, um, the more I watch new movies, the more I watch movies in theaters, the more I care about the Oscars, The more I just don't care about the frickin' Razzies. Yeah. Hey, uh, I find it to be a bit mean-spirited. I feel like it's punching down. Uh, And also, a lot of... Well, there certainly
0: have been cases where it has punched down. Yeah. But, in general, punching Hollywood is not punching down. Like, I remember one year, like, in the 80s,
1: they nominated, like, Annie as Worst Picture. Yeah. That's not... It's a bit... Cr- the musical is cringe, but that doesn't mean that the movie itself was this horrible, unwatchable
0: thing. You know, like... uh. Well, we would also have to see what, I, what else it was up against that year. Yeah. Also, a
1: lot of things that people say are horrible movies. Oh, this is the worst movie. This is the worst movie I've ever seen. A lot of what people call bad are just meh. You know? Yeah. Like like so many people are trashing 65. Adam Driver's dinosaur movie. And they're saying, oh, man, worst movie of the year? Oh, it's going to sweep the Razzies when it's award season. This is such a horrible movie. This is the worst. No, it's not a bad movie. It's, it's beautiful looking. I find the premise interesting. It's just not that good. If a movie's not that good, that doesn't automatically make it bad. Right. It's still fun, and it's still interesting, and I was definitely, like, stressed popcorn eating throughout, uh, oh. 65, but it's
0: not bad. Just like I, how I, I, I try to separate what I like and don't like from good or bad. Yeah. Because so a, movie like, be, a movie could be good by all measure you know, critical acclaim, winning Oscars, shit like that, I still don't like it. That yeah. doesn't make it bad, because I don't like it. Yeah, It could still be a good movie, although probably not. I just don't like it.
1: Yeah, like 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 a lot of times when I review movies on my Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash Reverend Steve. Is that still a thing? Twitter? Yeah, it's still a thing um i i I can't give up twitter because i have so many trans friends on there and they offer me so much support and i love them all of my trans friends um one of my friends is a blue check mark uh gwendolyn she is the founder the the founder of the trans day of remembrance and uh, she started following me when I got fired from the bookstore. And back then I was a guy, I didn't know I was trans, and now we're both trans together and we talk and she's 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 one of my besties. So and, and talking about uh, uh, the Razzies punching down, uh, was it this year or was it last year? I do think it was this this year. They nominated uh, Firestarter for a lot of Razzies. Because they remade it yeah. in 2022. I saw it. It was bad. It was very bad. But they nominated the star, Ryan Kiera Armstrong, in the Worst Actress category. Yeah. Bitch, she's 11! What are you doing? That's not freaking cool! What the heck, Razzies? That legitimately pissed me off. Like, okay, the script was bad. I get it. Why are you punishing an 11-year-old? It's not the 11-year-old's fault that the script was bad.
0: Well, it's I, like, it, it's kind of tough if you're going to have something like that. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, was she bad though?
1: She did as good as she could with a horrible script. But it's not her fault that the script was bad.
0: You know? Okay, so anyway, but, but... But couldn't you say that for just about everybody, but it's just this particular person? Because she's That's 11. A good point. That makes you notice it. I mean.
1: That is a good point. So so I found an article. It's from the Onion AV Club, uh, avclub.com. The article is entitled 18 times the Razzies got it wrong. So the Razzies started in 1980 with the movies of 1980, and I thought that we could go through the article and talk about it and share our collective thoughts on the low-hanging fruit known as the Razzies, okay? Going back to the very first Razzies, which, to be fair, were held in a late-night post-Oscars drunken haze. Founder John Wilson and his friends nominated for Worst Picture Friday the 13th The film was also nominated for worst supporting actress for Betsy Palmer who played Mrs. Voorhees.
0: Okay. Friday
1: Friday the 13th lost best worst picture. Two, can you guess which movie won worst picture in the year 1980? If anyone Up could, the I Academy. Think it could
0: be you. Huh? Up the Academy no was Robert Downey Jr
1: no can't stop the music now can't stop the music deserves a Razzie but Friday the 13th I mean come on there are so many other Friday the 13th that deserve that but not the first one that upsets me that upsets me Okay. Worst director this is from Win 1981 Stanley Kubrick for The Shining. Really? Yeah. Worst director.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: I think I think they gave worst director to Stanley Kubrick for The Shining specifically because Oh, well, we love the book. And this changed the book so much that this movie is, is barely like the book at all. And so we're giving him Worst Director. But the thing is, is that the way that Stanley Kubrick treated uh, America's own Shelley Duvall, he does deserve Worst Director, but not for this movie. No. He deserves Worst Director. No, he, he deserves being, like a worse human torture. being. Yeah, yeah. He, he deserves worse human being, but not worse director. This movie is freaking beautiful. Freaking beautiful. The movie The Shining is so popular that you watch Toy Story, the first Toy Story. And when you go into Sid's house, the bad kid who tortures toys next door, his carpet is The Shining carpet. And you know that because yeah. that's how... Popular and important and monumental, the movie The Shining is that it's referenced in frickin' Toy
0: Story. But worst director, well, I, 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 mean, I think it's on. I think it's a bit too overhyped on the show, over, like right over, now.
1: <laughs> overhyped, yes, but there's no way you can put The Shining up there with you know Tommy Wiseau. No, no. So, uh, we're worst picture, this is a either-or. I kind of agree with the Razzies on this one. 1982, worst picture, Heaven's Gate.
0: Haven't seen it, couldn't tell. Remember all, is, remember all the controversy around it.
1: This is one of those things where it's like over the past 10 or 20 years, uh... A much longer cut of Heaven's Gate was released and then opinions changed and now some people are calling Heaven's Gate a masterpiece and it's like, yeah, I bet that the director's cut four hour version of Kevin Costner's The Postman is so much better, but I'm not gonna watch it yeah so i I I might agree with Heavens Gate. I might agree with the Razzies on that one. Worst Picture 1983 Annie I have 3 reasons why Annie shouldn't get best picture. Carol Burnett, Bernadette Peters, Tim freaking Curry. Is why this should not have been nominated for worst picture. And also, uh The 11-year-old who starred in Annie was nominated for Worst Supporting Actress and Worst New Star. Worst Supporting Actress? She played Annie in Annie. (laughs)
2: Uh,
1: The Worst New Star category was finally eliminated in 1990, but not only after dozens of poor children were nominated for not being trained actors. I mean, I don't like the movie, Annie, but that's because I don't like the musical. Yeah. That being said, uh, Hard Knock Life is a banger. Yes, it is. If someone starts singing The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow, I will vomit. But Hard Knock Life starts playing. I I might get into that. Uh, Worst director, 1984, Brian De Palma, Scarface.
0: Really okay, yes,
1: they called it too violent and profane. I guess they, they nominated it because it was over the top, and they also nominated Over the Top the, the arm wrestling movie. But uh, Scarfangs nowadays that's considered a modern classic. I have a cousin who went to uh, uh who got arrested for a period in time, and I can tell you that in jail, people see 1983's Scarface as a documentary to something to aspire to. Yes. Which I am against. I've always hated the movie Scarface, but that's for my own personal reasons. I wouldn't call it a bad
0: film. It's been years since I've seen it. In fact, Scarface is officially the first movie I ever rented really? Yes. The first movie I ever rented was The
1: Toxic Avenger, and it effed me up for the rest of my life. I never watched it again. I was like 10.
0: Yeah, it, well, this was this was way the early days, so I rented it from the play, from the electronics store that I actually bought the VCR from. Nice, okay. They had like ten movies. Scarface was one of them.
1: <laughs> they had like I you you remember when you could rent a movie inside of the grocery store? Yeah, You remember that. You go to like Safeway and it's like, I'm gonna get some chicken. I'm gonna get some ice cream, and I'm gonna pick up Arnold Schwarzenegger's Eraser <laughs> for three nights. <laughs> and then bring it back. And I would go to the supermarket, and my parents would take like two and a half hours, but I'd go because I might be able to take a Nintendo game home with me. I loved that. But Scarface, I wouldn't call it worst movie. I wouldn't call Brian De Palma worst director. Now, if we were talking about Fan of the Paradise, maybe.
0: Well, again, but- we, we would also have to consider... What else is up that year? But see, so far, I'm fine with them taking shots at these people. Okay. Take a shot at uh, Brian Palmer. Take a shot at big Hollywood movies. It's a good thing. Okay. Well, uh, let's see.
1: 1989, worst picture, cocktail. I don't... Never saw it. Don't care. 1990, worst picture, Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Okay. It was nominated alongside *The Karate Kid* three, *A Nightmare on Elm Street* five, and *Star Trek* five.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, no, there, no, no. See, well, see, now we're comparing against other things in that year. *Star Trek* five was fucking horrible. Which one was that? That was, that was the Final one Frontier. Shatner okay, directed. Yeah, that, one
1: that one sucked. It wasn't the one with the whale. No, that was four. The and one with was... the whale was the best. No, this one was five. This one did legitimately suck. And Although, You mentioned
0: some other shit there, too.
1: The only reason I like five is because it, it's the movie that makes canon the fact that Shakespeare was a Klingon.
0: No, that was six. Oh, that was six?
1: Okay. Then screw five. Uh, The Karate Kid 3, I haven't seen it in forever, but I remember loving it. A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, I, I think that's the dream child. That one deserves it. But Roadhouse is one of those movies where it's like, yeah, is the movie bad? Yes, and that's why it's great. Yeah. Like, I don't think that, that the Razzies can distinguish between bad and so bad it's good. Like, what are they going to nominate this year? Cocaine bear? Because it it's all about a bear who does cocaine? Yeah, that's the point. Ten minute warning. Okay. 1993, worst picture. The Bodyguard. Kevin really? Costner, Whitney Houston. They nominated The Bodyguard. I'm ki- I'm kind of surprised at that. They also nominated Basic Instinct and Newsies. I like I like Newsies,
0: but that's just me. Most I haven't actor, I haven't seen Newsies. I I I saw Swing Kids, so I think that swing counts. Kids. Yeah, that probably counts. Worst actor,
1: 1993, Michael Douglas, Basic Instinct. Okay. I mean, I don't like the movie, but I don't think anything in it is bad. The only thing that I think is bad in Basic Instinct is how much Newman sweated. (laughs) 1995, Worst New Star, Jim Carrey. This one kind of upsets me. In 1995, he starred in The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, and Ace Ventura Pet Detective. In the year that he was nominated, Ace uh, Jim Carrey was king of the freaking planet. Yes. He was nominated next to Anna Nicole Smith and Shaq. I don't think he deserves that, uh, Jim Carrey. Shaq does. Anna Nicole Smith did. Jim Carrey does not. This one upsets me. okay 1996 worst picture showgirls. I'm sorry I don't understand how showgirls became a beloved movie in our society. I hate that film. I
0: have I have yet to see it. You have yet to see showgirls bunny. yeah Sh- showgirls I am
1: shocked and chagrined flabbergasted. Mortified and
0: stupefied
1: that you have yet to see showgirls,
0: and I and I love Verhoeven, so I, I am I am I, I I don't want my heart broken. That's what it is.
1: Okay, I I get that. Uh, Independence Day. Worst written film grossing over one hundred million dollars. I might agree with that. I don't. I. I never liked Independence Day. This one upsets me. Two thousand worst picture. The Blair Witch Project. I like the Blair Witch Project.
2: Uh,
0: I'm not gonna Huh. I'm, no, I'm going to have to unfriend you now.
1: I, I'm not. I, I don't think I've watched it this century. But I liked. I liked how. I liked how legitimately 17 year olds rushed to this movie thinking that it was real because they had never seen a found footage horror movie before. Yeah. Like, so I'm sitting there looking around at people who are literally scared to death because they've never seen Cannibal Holocaust. And I thought that was freaking hilarious. And I love the Blair Witch Project, it legitimately scared people. And then people hated it. But people only hated it because they got fooled by it.
2: No, well, like they were, look, legi- it was they were legitimately scared by
0: boring. it. It was just absolutely boring yeah, and yelling and acting scared at things that just weren't there. Speaking
1: of we got being to, scared... We got to the okay. end
0: scene of that movie where we see the guy standing in the corner and the camera starts slowly coming in. I'm like, finally, this movie is... This movie is gonna go somewhere. And then credits, and I was like, motherfucker!
1: Yeah. Uh... Shane P. Granger has never watched the Blair Witch Project. Calls it a shit movie. Bunny gets it. I'm not. I'm not saying it's the world's best movie. I'm saying a lot of people say that it's bad only because they were legitimately fooled by the film. And I find that fascinating. I find it phenomenal. And speaking of getting scared of things that aren't there, Bunny. Um, in our next episode, we're doing Skinamarink.
0: Okay. I am
1: really excited to get your opinion on Skinamarink. The 2023 movie that cost fifteen thousand dollars and made over two million dollars at the box office.
0: It's gonna get it's gonna get a negative two points if I have to watch boogers run out of somebody's nose.
1: You don't see anyone's face in the entire film.
0: And I should I... be safe.
1: I am blown away by this movie. I am blown away by this movie, and I can't wait for you to see it. I want to watch it with Mal and get their opinion, too. Because it's it, it bimbos in it. Want to be a member? Want to be a member? So th- it gets automatically like five extra points for that. Drew. Automatically. Drew. So uh, that's the that's the Razzies. I I find the Razzies to be low-hanging fruit. A lot of people say, oh, this movie's so bad, but it's not. There's a difference between a bad movie and a movie that's just not that good. And also, a lot of times, the Razzies can't delineate between a movie that's bad and that's why it's good. Like Roadhouse. I hate that movie. It sucks, and that's why I love it. But they can't delineate between those two things. Yeah. Anyway, I don't care too much about the Razzies anymore, and I'm happy about that. I'm not so sure
0: how much I cared to begin with. Okay.
3: Same. i yeah. funny. Like, I didn't give a shit.
0: I mean, uh, yeah. I'm kind of glad it's out there. You know? Yeah. I mean, how, how seriously are we going to take something called the Razzies? Yeah, that's a good point.
1: So uh, that's it for our monologue this week. Bunny, do you have the presidents ready?
0: I have the presidents ready.
1: Okay, so uh, cut on the monologue. Now we're going to take a short break only because we record this on Zoom and there are 40 minute uh, time limits now for zoom so we're going to take a short short itty bitty break and we're going to show some little videos and this and that so that we can restart zoom when we come back it's time for the second part of our podcast historic approximations this week i have turned it into a fun game funny we're going to be talking about presidents and i'm so excited uh so get your thinking caps on everyone it's time for some I, I don't know if week. i'm i
0: i do not know if i'm high enough for this yet
1: I just realized I haven't had any weed until like this time last last yesterday. So I am 100 percent sober. I'm going to have to change that. Yeah, we're going to work on that. So uh, stay tuned. We will be right back with more of the Popon film after this. Do 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 do. This is the outro music. Do 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 do. Put the video back up. Where are you? There you are. Do 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 Skitty Papa Doo wow and break Uh,
2: I'm scared. Are you scared? I'm I'm really, really scared.
1: Scared. This is my impression of Jigsaw, if he was an eight-year-old child. Hello, Mom and Dad. I'd like to play a game. Do you, do you have any games on your phone that I could play, please?
2: I like
4: the Keto's. Ailing Tee-tos, <laughs> it's ailing Tee-tos. I've covered Tee-tos. I don't remember the...
1: Rebels! Rebels! You can't tell me what to do. You're not my dad.
0: And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Funny! Yes, I've been watching too many black metal documentaries. Blackmail. Black metal.
1: Black metal, okay. I thought you was watching too many documentaries about black males. It's like, that's racist. Black metal documentaries. Why did you just why are you bringing this up? What oh, I
3: thought blackmail. Like I'm the blackmail.
1: That yeah, I thought that too. Why have
0: you watched too many blackmail documentaries? Blackmail? Black metal. Black metal. Black metal. I I don't I I don't know why. I, I I'm not very musical but I find musical documentaries fascinating. Yeah. I don't know what the hell okay. that's up. So so yeah, there've been there've been quite a few.
1: I have the new uh, David Bowie documentary. I say new, it's from last year. Uh, Moon Age Daydream. I've had it on my computer. Never never seen it. It, it. Haven't gotten around to it. I love David Bowie, but I just... I haven't. Yeah. No, no. According to Uberfax, Jim Carrey got $7 million for Dumb and Dumber, and then Jeff Daniels got 50000 According to Uber Facts, thank you for that, Shane P. Granger. That is, that, is, that is effed up. Jeff it's, Daniels, but he deserves more. Jeff Daniels deserves more, and also um, it's dumb and dumber. It's not dumb and friend.
4: Right?
1: It's not dumb and his sidekick dumber. Yeah. I also saw David Bowie live. So, Bonnie, if you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays? It's uh, it's sweeping the nation. It's mopping the nation. It's the Ionic Breeze quadra of bizarre movie podcasts, but only the real fans, the true fans who have been with us since the beginning, since uh, when we first started out, who have watched every episode, who participates in the fantasy leagues at home. Uh, only they would know the two facts about us the two undeniably really real and in no way made up on the spot facts about America's hottest will they or won't they couple, the next Sam and Diane uh, Bunny and Maylin. First yes. and foremost Bunny is the fact that when you are not doing the podcast you are in fact a celebrated food critic. critic so tell us Bunny what restaurants are you reviewing? What do you like, dislike, etc.? Why don't you open the door of the window of your mind?
0: Well, you know, you really have to dive deep and look in all the nooks and crevices uh, to find really good food out there. and yeah. And... Harry's Barbecue Harry's and, and Tattoo Parlor, excellent fries. Excellent fries, nice. some of the best fries you will ever have in your life. Don't mind the roaches. If you don't bother them, they won't bother you. And they are free, you know, so there's really no complaint coming in there. Some people have have bowls of peanuts. Harry's has cockroaches. You know, it's part yeah. of the ambiance of the whole thing. Yes. Um nice. There's there is also um Dino's House of All Things Slimy. Nice. Uh they they specialize in undercooked egg whites. Undercooked egg whites. Yes. yes.
2: Uh, that would be a
1: great that would be a great slur for white people. <laughs> <laughs> Undercooked egg whites. <laughs> Undercooked egg whites are as most people know them, Mormons.
4: White <laughs> people.
1: I like that. Undercooked egg whites. That was originally going to be the name of the bare-naked ladies. Undercooked egg whites. Well, it's been... <laughs> If you want to find a if you want to find a Gen X person in a crowd, just walk into the crowd and go, "It's Ben," and then see who finishes. Yes, that's how you do it. It's 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 kind of the same way that uh, people would get Cartman to sing uh, "Come Sail Away." You start the song, and then Cartman has to finish it. Yes. I can't believe South Park is still a thing. I can't believe Beavis and Butthead have come back. I can't believe that um, Howard Stern is considered like a news source.
0: Yes. How the I fuck can't did believe, that happen?
1: I can't believe that, that there are millions of Joe Rogan fans out there and people aren't going, wait, you're obsessed with the janitor from news radio?
0: That's weird. <laughs> That's weird. Is that where he's from originally?
1: Yeah, I first saw him. I first saw him as the dumb janitor from News Radio. And then after that he was the host of Fear Factor, and now he's like the leader of a bunch of um like a angry cishet white
0: man. Go figure. Uh, I wouldn't call him quite a leader. Joe Rogan is just really, really stupid. That's yeah. Joe Rogan's story. He's just really fucking dumb. Joe As Rogan. opposed to a lot of other people who are doing things more to be vindictive and mean and paint a false narrative. Okay.
1: Hear me out here. Hear me out here. Joe Rogan is Alex Jones for people who do shots.
0: No, I see. I got to disagree with that because, again, Ah, I thought that was good. Joe, Joe Rogan. Alex Jones is mean. Alex Jones is mean and vindictive and is an evil motherfucker. Joe Rogan is stupid. If you tell him something, he just he's just going to believe it and regurgitate it. Yeah, you know, but at the same time, that stupidity plays plays both ways. Oh, okay. you know, I got gotcha. you. He did manage yeah. to check Matt Walsh live on air. That you was know? funny. I'm, you that know, was so funny. like, it's a different vibe. I mean, we shouldn't have stupid people having audiences of millions and millions of people.
1: Yeah. When we're delivering gold.
0: That's like right.
1: Twice a month, that's right. This is the podcast to be in. Um, so that's the first fact. The second fact, which is about me, is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So this is the part of the podcast where I get a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know very well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is another educationally uneducational installment of. Historic Approximations, or as we call it, And to be clear, for all of you uh, doing the Popon Film Fantasy Leagues at home and online, that's spelled capital H, capital H, capital A, small p. Small p. And the small p is essential. It's vital to the uh, ebb and flow of the whole podcast. In fact, I wanted to call it HA, Historic Approximations, but Bunny said, no, mail in. I need P. Yes. Get me that P. I love myself some P. We've got oh to God. go back to P. Yeah. And so now it's Hap. Previously, it was called Shap for a number of years. That was Steve's historic approximations. However, a dead name is a dead name. And so we're moving on. So, what is happening <laughs> with Hap this week? Well, this one is a little different. Originally, my my plan was I want to make this a very personal episode of the Popon film because I just had my birthday. I turned older than you would think. So this is going to be a different sort of a, very personal about me. But instead, I said, how about we just make it fun and easy? So. Um, uh, th- So I- instead, what we're going to do is I've made a game. We have had 46 presidents in America. And uh, there's something that I I think that our listeners may not know about Bunny and I is the fact that we are both uh, political historians. Yes. Yes. Bunny has his doctorate in U.S. history. I have my doctorate in uh, overwater basket weaving. The- That's when you weave baskets, but you're walking on water while you do it.
0: It's a Christian thing. Well, let's not forget all of your work in the Teapot Dome scandal.
1: Of course. When you're talking about the Teapot Dome scandal, of course, you got to be talking about Albert B. Fall, the Secretary of the Interior during the Harding administration, who was responsible for the infamous Teapot Dome scandal, which was the worst scandal in political history until every other Republican that came after him. So, what we're going to do is, I have got a picture of every president. Uh, Bunny has it all locked and loaded. We're going to go through each president, and Bunny and I will be taking a small bit of time for each president, telling you, the viewers, some fun facts about these presidents that you may not know. So, using our uh, historical knowledge, Bunny and I, as United States historians, presidential historians, we're going to be letting you people No, some uh, incredible facts that 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 the common people just don't know about. So are you ready, buddy? I am ready.
0: I am over ready.
1: Okay. so put up the first president. This is. uh, Oh, it looked really good for a second. Right between us. Go ahead and put it up. This is uh, George Boom Boom Washington. Yes, that was his nickname. Boom, boom. He was actually the first sweat hog. He was the first sweat hog. Yes he was. Yeah, uh uh here's a fun fact that people don't know about George Washington. People all the time. I think it's a bit overused, but people say, "Oh, wooden teeth, wooden teeth. George Washington had wooden teeth." He also had brass testicles and a uh, a copper asshole. Yes. It's fascinating
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's fascinating I'm pretty sure the ruffles on his chest Also
0: deflected bullets In fact In times of stress A little propeller would come out of that That copper asshole And he would fly away
1: Not too many people know that about George Washington Like if he was panicked He could be like Go, go, Washington, jet skis. And then
0: jet skis would appear from his. His his, from his full accurate name is George Gadget Washington.
1: Yeah, George Gadget Washington is yeah. fascinating. Okay, let's move on to the second one. John Adams. Fascinating thing about John Adams is that you see the hair. You see the big hair on the side of his head? Yes. Uh, That's not hair. Those are wings. At night in D.C., he would flap his hair wings and he'd just be flying all over the sky. John Adams. See,
0: that I heard different. Okay? Because I had heard that that was definitely his hair. And it continued growing throughout his life until he became Cousin It.
1: The crazy thing is, here's another president with a bunch of frills on his shirt. Don't go to Florida. They'll execute you. If George Washington literally walked into Miami Beach, Florida, they would think he's a drag queen and shoot him on sight. Yes, this is true. With the powdery face and the like wig. Man, our first two presidents would be killed. Fascinating. Okay. Let's move on to number three, Thomas Jefferson. I know so much about Thomas Jefferson because I recently saw a play about Thomas Jefferson. Well, it wasn't it wasn't about Thomas Jefferson, but Thomas Jefferson was in the play. Anyway, I know a lot of facts from this play about Thomas Jefferson. Number one, he was black. Number two, he was a great rapper. Yeah. And number 3, I'm not sure if you know this, but when they would have cabinet meetings, they were actually just rap battles. Yeah. That that's incredible. You know that that Thomas Jefferson could just he he was rapping for America.
0: Yes. He he was also he was also a very avid hamster hunter. Avid hamster hunter. Avid hamster hunter. If you would go to a tour on Monticello, you would see the trophy room of all the little hamster heads up on little plaques all over the room. All over the room. Just I
1: heard. uh, I heard that Bad Bunny is going to be headlining Monticello this year, which is going to be a big deal. Yeah. I love the Monticello Music Festival. I go every year, take some Molly, mm-hmm. and just uh, you know, just party out in the desert. Let's move on to number four, James Madison. This one looks like our first fancy boy president. He, yeah. he, he, I, I'm I'm not exactly sure why. He looks anemic. Yeah. He looks like if you just pricked him
0: lightly, he would pass out. And this is the one that is definitely giving off the Christopher Lee vibes. See, okay, I because I thought that one of
1: the presidents gave off Christopher Lee vibes, but it was a different one. That's fascinating. Okay, yeah. uh, fun fact about James Madison. He was a president, and uh, he was a Democratic-Republican, and His... he had a wife. Dolly His Madison, she invented, yeah. she invented cupcakes and Snoopy. Mm-hmm. And then James Madison and Dolly Madison had a daughter. Her name was Ashley Madison. She slept with every person in Philadelphia. They made a website about her. Please. Oh, yes, here they are. James Madison. He does give off Christopher Lee. He does yeah. give off Chris. He, he he looks like he'd put you in a giant wicker man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But 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 we're, but Lily Sobieski's nowhere to
0: be seen. Even in this picture, he looks like he's trying to take over his your mind. Like he's trying Very much to so. get in there. Yeah.
1: James Madison was our first scanner's president. Yes. Yeah. So let's move on to number five, James Monroe. He was president uh, from 1817 to 1825. Fun fact about James Monroe he was not killed. He actually disappeared because one day, coming home from a speech, he crossed a bridge uh, that was in a Sleepy Hollow and he disappeared. All they found. Was his hat Some say the Headless Horseman Got him
0: Doesn't he give off Headless Horseman vibes look at him Yes he is also uh, Later Later much later One of his descendants Would become Bob the Goon Very much so Definitely
1: Bob the Goon Bob the Goon Love that I'm a big Bob the Goon stan. Let's move on to number six, John Quincy Adams. The TV show Quincy, based on his life. Not a lot of people know that. Also, just look at that photograph. Just look at that photograph. He was our first evil supervillain president. Yes. He became president after poisoning the water supply in Gotham. (laughs) Eventually... He would nearly freeze to death, so he would have to. He made a giant helmet, and he would just go around making speeches and then freezing everyone.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. He didn't, he didn't get much precedenting done, but he did create the first freeze ray. Yes, yeah. those eyebrows, fascinating.
1: Okay, let's move on to number seven, Andrew Jet, ja- Andrew Action Jackson. Action Jackson. Action Jackson. He was our first Wraith president. Yeah. Because you look at that picture. You cannot tell me that this person is living. No, it, not it's... at all. Where did you where did you get your weirdo cape? Somewhere, yeah. Dracula's going through his closet, going, damn it, where did I put that?
0: The only president <laughs> to actually be painted out of focus. Yeah,
1: yeah. He looks so sad. I want to give Andrew Jackson a hug. He looks like he's seen some things, you know? He's seen some things. He he has the look when your parents say, Look, uh, I'm not angry at you. I'm just disappointed. That's the look. That is the look. Yeah. My dad walks into my room and sees me wearing women's clothes. This is the face he makes. Yeah. (laughs) Right there. I feel this painting. I don't want to give Andrew Jackson a hug anymore. He's a bigot. (laughs) Uh, let's, Let's move on to number eight, Martin Van Buren. Well, I don't, th- um, I
0: don't think we're going to find any of these presidents who is not a bigot one way or the other. Good point. Good point.
1: Uh, yeah, like uh, Barack Obama wasn't a bigot, but you know who was a bigot? All the drones he sent to kill innocent people. So we are all. Well, he
0: number- he was he was very like, yeah, women can wait for their abortion rights. It- they yeah. Could, they could just yeah. hold on. Do we have more important things to do? There's no rush. There's no rush.
1: Number eight is Martin Van Buren. He is the president who looks the most like someone who would be uh, drinking at Hogsmeade.
0: All of a sudden, I'm in the mood for oatmeal. Nice.
1: Yeah. Nice. Uh, now, uh, a lot of people assume that Martin Van Buren is uh, where the street in Phoenix Van Buren got his name from. No, it's actually the reverse. Martin Van Buren's parents, parents were psychic. And so his parents said, what should we name this child? I think Martin is a good name, but how about this? How about we don't give him our, uh, sir, uh, our, our last name, Smith? How about we give him the name, Of what will eventually become a street in Phoenix where all the prostitutes work. So that's why he's called Martin Van Buren. Uh fascinating. He was named after a street where prostitutes hang out. Oh, Martin Van Buren,
0: and not the other way around. Okay, nope, nope, not the other way around. Yeah. Uh So, uh,
1: let's move on to number nine. I am sorry, buddy. William Henry. Harrison. He died in 30 days. I swear to you, this man starred in Blood of the Revenge of Vengeance of Dracula. Yeah. A Hammer yeah. production. That face right there. Look, at fa- And secondly, look at that nose. That is legit polystyrene. You can collect Collected at the reception. Now please go away. <laughs> look at that nose. And look at that peak. Look at that widow's peak he has. Somewhere Dracula's daughter is bald. He's what got made that him... he's got that arrow. He might be he might be an avatar. Yeah. He might be he might he might be the chosen one. He might be the reincarnation of Aang. Or Ong, depending on how big of a fan of Night Shyamalan you are. Mavis, thank you. Mavis is the name of Dracula's daughter. From uh, he looks like a specific British actor that I cannot pin down. Yeah, and I've been trying to figure it out, but I can't think of what his name is. But he looks like a British character actor who who pretended to be drunk in a lot of things. Yes, he might have been drunk in the movie Yellowbeard, but I'm not sure. But he looks like a British character actor. What made him go with the comb forward? I don't know. Maybe that was a thing back then. But that is a huge snozz. Why do people not talk about William Henry Harrison's huge freaking hunker? That is insane. Like, Like, if there was a missing person... You would get the like the missing person shirt, give it to William Henry Harrison to sniff. Next thing you know, he's <laughs> on all fours. He's leading it to the body. Yeah. That is a fascinating note. Let's move on to number 10. John Tyler. Um, Steven Tyler's great grandfather. They share uh they both share a flair for fashion. Check out that super extra bow tie. Yes geez louise fun thing about his bow tie if someone was giving him sass he would undo the bow tie and start whipping it around like Indiana Jones if
0: Dr. Seuss were to draw a president it'd be this guy
1: (laughs) that's really good that's really good number 11, James K. Polk now you might be wondering about the thing over his neck. Um, he actually wore that for his entire life until the day that he died. Right before he died, his his wife said, James, darling, is there anything I can do for you? And James said, yes, you can finally remove the thing from my neck. And when she removed the thing, his head just fell right off. Hmm. It, it, it's fascinating they wrote uh they wrote a, a kid's story about it later on oh no nice. but that that ribbon was keeping his head up Zachary Taylor that's number 12 let's move on to number 12 Zachary Taylor um uh huh okay so this is, this is, uh, Zachary Taylor. First off, um, I'm loving, uh, what's his name? What's his name? The old guy from, um, uh, who was dating Squeaky from once upon a time, dot, oh, dot, dot. Yeah, yeah. Dern. Dern. Bruce Stern. Bruce Stern. Yeah. I love Bruce Stern in his new role. It's fascinating. Number two. The thing I love about Zachary Taylor is he was actually a Civil War reenactor before the Civil War. That's what I was thinking.
0: He was the first pre-Civil War reenactor. He he looks like a Civil War reenactment got out of hand.
1: Yeah, except this was pre-Civil War, so it's really fascinating. But uh, credit to Bruce Dern. He's amazing.
0: We're just and not seeing where he's holding up the little plaque with the numbers on it. Yeah. And we're yeah. not seeing the profile. My darling Dolores. The war
1: drags ever onward. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. I am I have been waiting to get to number 3, Millard Fillmore. This is the first and only time that any American has ever said, I have been looking forward to Millard Fillmore. <laughs> that that sentence has never been said before. You'll get a plaque if you search that on Google. And Google will be like, wow, no one has ever searched this. <coughs> but the thing I love about Millard Fillmore, take a look at his face. Millard Fillmore is what happens when Alec Baldwin has a peanut allergy. Yes. Yes. That is incredible. <laughs> that is That is him. Man, Alec Baldwin really let himself go ever since the Rust shooting.
0: This is this is <laughs> Benny Hill if he kept his hands to himself.
1: Oh my god, yes. Yes. If they made a serious version of uh, of the Benny Hill music. Yeah. I was going to I was I was about to start humming the Benny Hill music, but my head could only remember the Casino Royale music.
2: And
1: oh. <delivery>. <laughs> and uh and Woody Allen is pickuping. I don't remember the Benny Hill music, but I might be the only person who's like, "Oh, I can only remember the 1960s Casino Royale." I don't even think Woody Allen remembers the 1960s Casino Royale. Um number 14, Franklin Pierce. He was actually the founder of Pierce Hawthorne wipes which is which is incredible fascinating. It, I don't know about you but this is the vibe that I'm getting. Franklin Pierce was our first 10 minute warning folk singer president. Yeah. You know, doesn't he look like he's at a coffee <clears throat> shop somewhere? Uh, he's at a coffee shop somewhere. Taking on Walter Paisley. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I could see screw it. Franklin Pierce. Number fifteen, James Buchanan. I, I gave I gave up cussing for Lent. I've never given up anything for Lent. I've never taken Lent seriously, but this time I said I'm gonna give up something for Lent. I gave up cussing, and it's been freaking difficult. But I'm just going to come out and say it. <coughs> James Buchanan looks batshit crazy.
2: Yeah.
1: Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. He reminds me of that story about, uh, like, hey, we're making the first encyclopedia, the first dictionary. And this, this person just writes, like, three million uh, definitions. And it's like, oh, wow, thank you so much. You, you've helped us so much. Why don't you come and visit us, or I'll come visit you, and turns out that the person who made all these definitions was in an insane asylum? That's James Buchanan. Yes. This man is insane. He this looks is like someone...
0: he, he's the one who sold the Fiji Mermaid. He,
1: he, yeah, he, he looks like he's definitely peed on a public bus. <laughs> He's the person where if you're in the subway and he walks in, he probably has, like, a dead squirrel in his hand, and you're like, okay, I'm going to move cars. Number 16, Abraham Lincoln. Why is this man so fugo? Why is this man so... Ratchet ass. Look at this man. He is hideous. Yes. He is so freaking ugly, this man! I love Abraham Lincoln. I love him. He was our first vampire hunter president. But Jesus Christ that face! Wow! He was our first paper bag president. Yes, he was. He wore a paper bag over his face. No wonder he was wearing a stovepipe, stovepipe hat. He was peacocking. <laughs> to make people not see his hideous face. <coughs> ugh. Ugh. This man. Ugh. I, ugh. This grosses me out. This man grosses me out. He also has my grandfather's ears. Like cauliflower ears. He has cauliflower ears. Yeah. That is a hideous sight to see. Number 17, Andrew Johnson. (laughs) Okay. Andrew Johnson is the first person to say, look, I don't care how old you are. Your Frisbee fell in my yard. It's mine now. Yes. He was the first person to ever say that. He was a pioneer. He was a pioneer. Number eighteen. And this
0: face right now, when this picture was taken, was when he was attending his first drag show. (laughs)
1: Uh, he, He Andrew Johnson is the definition of resting bitch face. Yes. He reminds, me, he reminds me of Black Dynamite. Like the portrait artist is, is like, Mr. President, why don't you smile? And he goes, I
0: am smiling. That's his smile. Whatever's it, it, going on at the time this picture was taken, he did not approve.
1: <laughs> Who can turn the world on with his smile? Andrew Johnson! He's gonna make it after all. Do-do-do-do. Do! Uh, this is fun. Number 18. Ulysses Grant. If you told me that this was Chris Pratt's grandfather, I would believe you. Yeah. Yeah, I could go with that. 100, but not now, Chris Pratt. Not action movie superhero Chris Pratt. Fat Parks and Rec Chris Pratt. (laughs) If you told me this was fat Chris Pratt's (coughs) grandfather, I'd be like, yup, no spitting facts. No doubt there. Rutherford B. Hayes. He looks (coughs) like he... He looks like he stinks. (laughs) Yeah. He looks gross. He's also another Bruce Dern president. He looks like a, um, Cliff Booth is waking him up to make sure that these hippies aren't um, taking advantage of him.
0: But well, he did keep the beard well trimmed, I am noticing. I think he needs a couple of points for that. The okay, Bob's yeah. big boy uh, flip on the top there. Probably could have done without that, yeah, okay,
1: let's move on to number twenty. James a. Garfield his his name uh, his name is actually James comma a Garfield because he was a Garfield. Uh, and they called him that because he was actually this is a true story. he actually traveled on a diplomatic mission to uh to Italy. He was the first American to try lasagna, Uh and so we got the lasagna. He brought it back to America, and he said, "Hey, I'm president. uh, I'm the president. My name is James. A couple of things. Number one, I hate Mondays. Number two, I have a cousin. His name is Nurmal, and I have just signed an executive order to send him to (coughs) Abu Dhabi. Third, I have found this thing. It's called lasagna." I love it. Watch me eat it. He just stuffed the whole thing in his mouth, and he said, I'm going to eat this every day. This is now the only thing I eat, and he got really fat, and he died. And that's why his name is James, comma, a Garfield, because he was a Garfield. Chester, let's move on to 21, and then we'll stop there. Maybe we can do this like a two... Maybe we can continue this next week. Would you like that, Bunny? We can do that. Because this is so much fun. But let's move on to 21. Uh, 21 is Chester A. Arthur. If you told me this was Sergeant Pepper, I would absolutely believe you. Ah, yes. yes. This is Sergeant freaking Pepper. He is fighting the Blue Meanies. I love this man. He looks like he stays in a bathtub. He is one of the Golga Frinchums. Is that the, is that it? No, the the people who were on the life raft, who f up. Anyway, this man
0: lives in a bathtub. Hey, to one. me, to me, he looks like that guy who was in that movie. You know that guy, that one guy. He was in that movie. He was also in that other movie. You know, he's been in a lot of movies. That guy. You know, uh, you know, if no you saw his face, movie... you'd, rec- if you, yeah. you'd recognize him if you saw his face. You yeah. Would know. You would know. You would know who it was. This John has been Goodman so much was fun. like that for the longest time. Yeah. This has been so much fun. We taught
1: people about 21 presidents, fun facts that they did not know. And this is going to... We're going to continue this in our next episode. We're going to start with number 22, Grover Cleveland. Um, he was our first Howard the Duck president, and we're going to try and continue on, see if we can finish next week, because this has been so much fun, Bunny. Yes, it has. This was a blast. So that is it for historic approximations this week. Be sure and join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun as we continue our look at the history of American presidents. And cut on that. Woo! That was fun. That was so much fun. But Bunny... (laughs) We're going to take a short break. Uh, We're going to play some cartoons, some videos. And when we come back, we are finally going to be talking about our movie this week, Ed Wood's Glen or Glenda. We're going to be talking about it from a trans perspective. I am a trans woman. We are going to be talking about that, having some fun. And uh, so stick around, and we will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after this. do, 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 do. Doo 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 Skitty Papa doo ow and break.
5: had cause to laugh today, and no, I'm not talking about Trump care. They're fine with that. The book Reasons to Vote for Democrats, a comprehensive guide, released on February 8, 2017, and written by Michael J. Knowles, became Amazon's number one bestseller. The book, which contains 266 blank pages, has a loyal fan base who were more than happy to leave a review singing its praise. While many found the book informative, captivating, and the best book they have seen this year, others found that the 266 blank pages actually gave them nightmares. Some purchasers of the book found the blank pages too daunting and are anxiously awaiting the audio version. The GOP base, who vigilantly scrutinizes any and all events for even the slightest hint of conspiracy, concocted this very plausible scenario. Quote, I totally called that Dems would copy this idea and call it their own. Remember kids, if they didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have standards at all. Unquote. In fact, this has already happened when liberal trolls released this book two months earlier. Why Trump Deserves Trust, Respect, and Admiration, written by David King, contains 206 blank pages. TPOF analyst Floyd Likes the Cox notes that it took Michael J. Knowles two months to plagiarize a blank book. While many agree with Mr. Likes to Cox, critics are quick to point out that blank novelty books have been a staple of the publishing and novelty industry for many years. They believe that this may indicate that the plagiarism could potentially go back much, much further. Those who are aware of the book, Why Trump Deserves Trust, Respect and Admiration, repeatedly point out that that book never made the number one spot on Amazon's bestseller list. Research conducted by Satoshi Kanazawa of the London School for Economics and Political Science seems to indicate that Democrats prefer books that actually have words in them.
2: doesn't happen because they used to treat them very very rough and when they protested once you know and they would not do it again so easily are you from mexico are you from mexico Huh? Ah.
1: Cubes. Cubes.
3: the major surgery, the removal of the man and the formation of the woman. A woman born at the age of 24. A new life is begun. The body of the woman within begins to appear now. The world is shocked by a person who changed his sex. Thus, the strange case of Glenn, who was Glenda, one and the same person, not half man, half woman but nevertheless, man and woman in the same body. He dares to enter the street dressed in the clothes he so much desires to wear. Glenn is engaged to be married to Barbara. Glenn's problem is a deep one, but he must tell her soon. She's begun to notice things. Soon she will realize. He learned that foreign doctors were doing marvelous work with a sex change. Man to woman, woman to man. Say... Did you read about the guy that had his sex changed to a girl? Says he was perfectly normal, too. How can a guy be normal and go and do a thing like that to himself? What about their children, Doctor? Uh, would their children uh, become the same way their father is? Glenda has made the decision. If the newspapers had not gotten hold of the story, it would have gone untold, unnoticed as so many others in medical history. Why is the modern world shocked by this headline? Why? Do you realize what would happen if every man in the country that wanted to wear women's clothes or felt like a woman went to their doctors and wanted a sex change? Glenn and all the hundreds of thousands of other Glens across the nation face quite a problem.
0: And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Bunny! Yes! Bunny, 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 bunny,
2: bunny! Bunny! Bunny, 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 bunny!
1: Bunny! I just took an edible, so that's fun. I have a license and I take them legally. I want to talk about the watch I'm wearing. This is this watch. It was, your, it was your it was your father's watch. I stuck it up my ass. So, um I I I got it at a thrift store and it works, but I don't want it to. What I do is I wear this watch whenever I've taken an edible. So I, what I do is I set the time to whenever the last time was I took an edible. So like an hour and a half from now, when I start feeling it, I'm like, oh man, when did I take that 405, gotcha. And also I've let my uh, wife know that if I seem out of it, feel free to just grab my wrist and look. And it'll be right there. <laughs> it's really nice. Once my son, Mao, was sitting here at my spot and going through my stuff and saw the watch and started winding it. And they made it work. And I got so upset. Oh. So I, I, I set the watch to like, okay, this is when I took the edible. So then I'm out and about and it's like, oh, Starting to feel it. When did I take the edible? Wait, isn't that now? Damn it, my watch started working. Who fixed my watch? I am very upset that my watch is working. I bought this watch so it would not work. This is only here to help me with being high. So anyway, <laughs> Glenn, <or> Glenn? <laughs> I'm so excited about this episode. This has been such a fun episode. I like talking about the Razzies in the first part. And in the second part, talking about the presidents. That was so much fun. Yes. This has already been a fun episode, and now we've finally gotten to the actual movie, and this this is this is gonna be so great. So yes. It's time, buddy.
0: It's time! It's time. Yes,
1: Bunny, my friend who is more than brother to me, I embrace thee. Because it is time once again, that line, my friend who is more than brother to me, I embrace thee, is a reference to a cartoon from the 60s. Uh, I posted the video on our Facebook group, the Pope on Film Facebook group. We post a bunch of memes. It's the best. You should join it. Um, I got to mention that um, that cartoon earlier today, s- earlier this week, someone on Twitter said I, it was talking about how white people love taking black slang, slang words, which is ridiculous because white people have so many like stupid, dumb phrases that only white people use. And so I said wh- in the 60s, there was a cartoon where uh, a train operator saw a superhero throw a tree and the train operator said for the love of mike look at that and i was and i was really happy to 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 do two references from the same forgotten 1960s thor cartoon yes for the love of mike look at that that's that's white slang yes you know what else i would call white slang live laugh love Oh, yeah. That's also white slang. Oh, here's another bit of white slang. Keep calm and carry on. (laughs) That's another one. So, yes, buddy, my friend who is more than brother to me, I embrace thee because it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film podcast to hey, Macarena, our way into the third and final part of our big shoe. And it is said third part wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all-new digitally remastered and stunning 4K and for a limited time by one, and then you have one.
0: Then you have one. Good yes.
1: for you. You have one of them. Because it's time for our movie of the week. And this week we take a second gender-heavy look at Director Edwards' magnum opus, which is right here! So cool! Glenn! Or Glenda! Subtitle, part two. Sub-subtitle, The Return. Sub-sub-subtitle, again. <laughs> Dumb-title, which is stronger than a subtitle. There's sub, there's titles, and then there's subtitles down here, and then up here are DOM titles. Um, this time it's personal subtitle: the squeakle. So, Ed Woods, highly personal, wow. nineteen fifty three drama, Glen or Glenda. We actually covered this episode once before, which means that Ed Woods, Glen or Glenda, is now in a Very exclusive club. Yes. Movies the Pope on film have covered more than once. Okay, so there's the laughable 1957 flick, The Giant Claw. Yes. It was the first movie we ever did. And so for, like, episode 100 or episode 200, we, we did it again. Because back then, when we first started the podcast, like, every episode was, like, 20 minutes or something like that. And then eventually it ballooned into, like, like, when we did the movie WALL-E, and I decided to have my wife do it, and she took I believe it was 87 pages of notes? Yeah. That episode was about uh, three days long. And now we've gone back down to like a good tight two hours, but this one might be a little bit longer. Um, so there's the giant claw. Then there's cats, and we did two back-to-back episodes for that movie because that movie deserved it. <laughs> And I see Taylor Swift, and she's conquering the world, and she's doing tours, sold-out tours, and she's super successful, and all these people love her, and they're, they're, they're uh, Swifties, and they love Taylor Swift. And, and every time I see Taylor Swift, I laugh because she went to cat school. Yes. Somewhere, someone has seen... Taylor Swift, on all fours, pretending to be a cat, sniffing Judy Dench's asshole. Yes. I don't know how you do that and still be a huge celebrity. How do you <laughs> do that? I want to learn your secrets, Taylor Swift. So, giant claw, cats, and technically, I don't know if this one counts, but... Neither Living Dead, we did four different versions of it. Yes, we did. Neither Living Dead, we did Rift Tracks. Neither Living Dead, we did Neither the Living Dead Remastered, and then we did that remake where the girl uh, is a badass. Yes, I like that one. I actually liked that one. I remember the 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 remastered the 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 animated one wasn't that great. But that was a fun episode. It brought everyone together. And of course, it goes without saying. Every Christmas, we do the same movie. Yes. Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. For, uh, for, uh... <coughs> uh every Christmas, we do the 1972 kitty film Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, starring the titular Ice Cream Bunny either Thumbelina or Jack and the Beanstalk, and Agent Crashmore himself, AOL Blast's favorite actor, Santa Claus, who, it should be noted, rates a 9.5 on the Joe Doug Baker Sweat Meter. Yes. Woo! Woo! Mean Woo! Gene! Okay, so here's what we do every Christmas. I... I would never say this during Christmas, but uh, it's my birthday episode. I feel comfortable saying it now. I'll probably never say it again. So here's the thing. Um, We've been doing Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny for seven years now. And so I wrote notes. The first time that, that we did it, episode 105, I wrote these notes on paper. For Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. And then I thought. Hey it's Christmas. Like the next year. When we decided to do Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny again. I just thought. I'm just going to read the same notes. (laughs) It's not like anyone's going to get angry. Hardly anyone listens or cares. I'm going to use the same notes. So then like the third time we did it. I said. This year. We're once again for the third year in a row doing Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny, but uh, this time, I have all new notes. Entirely new. And then I read the same notes. And so I would always say a brand new, fresh take on Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. But I would just get these old notes from like seven years ago and just read them over and over again. Uh, Then in 2002 was just a rough year for me so I lost two thirds of the notes so this past Christmas what I did was I got the page of notes that I've had for seven years and then I transcribed the rest Okay, from SoundCloud but what I did was I added a few new jokes which I will now be repeating every year so that's what we do every Christmas. And I freaking love it. I love the Joe Don Baker sweat meter joke that I get to say every Christmas. I love it. It's just this little thing that Bunny and I do that nobody else pays attention about or gives a crap about, but I love it so much. Oh, special place in my heart. <laughs> Anywho, episode 199, the first time that we did Glen or Glenda, uh, it was a New Year's episode. I wrote a really killer opening for this episode, and uh, I found the notes. And, Bunny, if I may, I'd like to read to you the opening of episode 199, if I may.
0: Certainly.
1: Okay. Bunny! Yes. I hope you had a good New Year's Eve. My family and I sure did. You know, we didn't go to some party. We didn't paint the town like some people do. No, we had a nice time at home as a family. It was a typical sort of New Year's Eve for us. Nothing special, nothing hoity-toity. It was very much just a standard uh, mail-in New Year's Eve. We stayed up. We drank a little bit. We Then we ran out of champagne. So we switched to wine. And when that was gone, we started drinking mezcal. When the mezcal was done, we started drinking absinthe. And the next thing you know, you're in an alleyway in Marfa, Texas, trying to sell your daughter's teeth for a 12 count package of white freshman flavored Tic Tacs that a demon told you would unlock the shadow dimension if you just get the Tic Tacs and shove them up Actress Joyce DeWitt's puckered asshole. So very much a typical New Year's Eve for my family. Yes. You know, uh, and hey, pro tip for you listeners out there. Do not leave Marfa, Texas without visiting the Late Night Museum of Electronic Wonders and Grilled Cheese located at 909 West San Antonio Street. But be warned, they're only opened after 930 p.m., It's kind of an odd museum slash grilled cheese eatery. And I was a bit confused about that. So I looked it up. That was real. (laughs) The late night museum of electronic wonders and grilled cheese did exist at 909 West San Antonio Street in Marfa, Texas. They changed, they later changed after this episode, they changed their name to the Food Shark late night museum of electronic wonders and grilled cheese. And they didn't open at nine 30 PM. They opened from six 30 to two 30, but they were only open on like Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays, like a really strange schedule, but yeah. it was like a bizarre art museum, kind of like a pre Meow Wolf sort of a uh, interactive art museum that sold nothing but grilled cheese sandwiches. Uh, they have since closed a few years ago, the food shark, Late Night Museum of Electronic Wonders and Grilled Cheese, did close down. So, hey, Marfa, Texas. Good place to sell your kids' teeth, but a bad place to get grilled cheese. Yes. I cannot stress that enough. Funny. Let me tell you about this episode of The Pope on Film. I was trying to think of what I wanted this episode to be, because uh, it was just my birthday. And usually in March, I just fill it with a bunch of movies. That, that I like and that I want to watch, but this year, this year I'm trying to do different movies, weirder movies, stranger movies. In the next episode, we're doing Skinamarink. I can't wait for you to watch it and tell me everything you think about it. Oh, because very. I think that like if Amber, my 21-year-old, she doesn't watch a lot of horror movies. She watches a lot of Netflix. If she sat down and watched Skinamarink, it might scare the life. But if, if like, Day and Christian saw it, I think they would hate it to death. So I'm interested to see where you think. I think it's a very interesting movie, and I can see how people are scared of it. But also, it sucks. <laughs> so I'm really interested. Like, there are some people out there. You search hashtag Skinamarink on Twitter, and there are some people out there. I am scared to death. I am haunted by this. I'm having a hard time sleeping. People are scared shitless about this movie. And then other people are like, what the hell did I just see? It's not even a movie. (laughs) It's not a movie. It's a bizarre YouTube video that's been stretched out. It's like someone got Bob's dirty shorts but didn't show Bob and made it black and white and an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, It is so weird. And I can't wait to tell you about it. But I... To, to talk to you about it. But I was trying to think of what I wanted the Glenn or Glenda episode to be. And that's when I realized what this episode is. This is a podcast episode of stark realism. Taking no sides. But giving you the facts. Pause for dramatic effect. All the facts. As they are today. You are society. <laughs> Judge ye not. So, buddy. This is truly an honor. I hope you realize how how much of an honor this is. Uh, why don't you give us the plot of Edwards on?
0: Glenn or Glenda is a, well, what level do we want to be on? It is a struggle yeah. of a man about to get married and needs to tell his girlfriend about his cross-dressing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Then there's a lot of interesting filler. And that's that's it. What else is going on here?
1: My wife knew about my cross-dressing very early into our relationship. I remember wearing women's clothes. Um, secretly at your parents' house. hmm You know, I remember that. I remember one time, I I, I didn't remember this until Lauren reminded me that one time you and I went to church in California. Oh, we did? And I was wearing a thong Ah! of yours, and I apparently forgot about it. And we're sitting there praying, and, you know, it's Sacramento, so we're praying in basically like a warehouse that has been turned into a church in the industrial side of town where all the Koreans went to church oh. oh their food was so good I'm like I will sit here for what might be a two-hour Easter sermon if it means that afterwards I can go to the uh luncheon that they're having for free because that Korean food ah ah if there's no chance my sick. Oh, but I missed you. That was so good. So, so our we weren't sitting in pews at this uh, Korean church. We were sitting in uh, folding chairs, and so I didn't realize that my uh, uh, in laws sitting behind me were seeing my whale tail.
0: Okay,
1: because they could one hundred percent just see my thong right there, and it's like dang. What other church people saw my thong? So it's it's been a it's been a, a long uh, road for me. But okay, so before we get into me, here's a bit of history taken from the Holy Gospel according to Rudolph Gray. Glory be to thee, O Wood. This is nightmare on of ecstasy. The Life and Art of Edward D. Wood Jr. The movie Ed Wood was loosely based on this. I say loosely based because originally Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski, the screenwriters of the 1994 film Ed Wood, wanted to make a movie specifically about Ed Wood. But when they heard that Tim Burton was interested, they said, "Okay, how do I?" Don't think that Tim Burton will want to make this movie. So we need to change the script to make it focus on something that would make Tim Burton want to make the film. Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski knew that um, Ed Wood was friends with Vincent Price before he died, so they rewrote the script for Ed Wood to be about Ed and his relationship with Bella. Yeah, And uh, a lot of that isn't 100% 100% real. There are some liberties taken, but um, this is really what you need to know when it comes to Ed Wood. So uh, indie movie producer George Weiss wanted to make a bio picture of the life of Christine Jorgensen. Uh, the first major name to ever have a sex change of male to female. Yeah. And they went to wannabe filmmaker Ed Wood he immediately said, what if we get Bella Lugosi to be in this film? And George Weiss wasn't sure about that because he made black and white indie grindhouse type films. Thank you for the backup dancing, Maxwell. <laughs> Maxwell, my 11-year-old, doing the backup dancing. Thank you for that. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Are you saying I'm not entertaining? Only the infinity of the depths of a man's mind can really tell the story.
4: It's case.
1: In case they don't want to hear about the movie and they just want to look around. Rude. Rude. But but you keep dancing. You keep dancing. So, uh... uh George Weiss wasn't used to having names in his movies, but uh, George Weiss offered Bella Lugosi just 500 bucks yeah. to be in Glen or Glenda. Bella said no because he refused to be in indie movies yeah i'm i i i'm not going to be in just some cheap indie movie i'm a star i go to i make studio movies thank you this name right here saved universal all right so yep. okay then so he refused to do the movies ooh he was a big star but then two things happened number 1 they couldn't get the rights to the Christine Jorgensen story. In the movie, Ed Wood, they said, goddamn Variety had to print the story before I got the rights. Now that bitch is asking for the sky. Number one, good on you, George Weiss, for using Christine Jorgensen's correct pronouns. Yeah. But um, that is not the truth. Christine's parents were very much still alive. Uh Uh-huh. And as long as they were still alive, Christine Jorgensen refused to do any movies, any TV appearances, any lecture tours, nothing. So now Ed couldn't directly use her story, so he used more of his story... And then number two, Bella Lugosi was married at the time, despite what um, the movie Ed Wood says. Bella Lugosi was married at the time. Lillian Lugosi, she grabbed, dragged Bella by the ear over to Ed's apartment, knock, knock, knock on the door. It's Bella and Lillian, open up. And I don't want to say they had their tails between their legs, but Lillian was basically all. Bella did not want to do your picture. But we're broke, so if you could double what he was originally offered, then we'll consider it. So, uh, they gave him a thousand and made this character of basically God. Which I love. Uh, but that was what angered George Weiss. He did low budget, early Black and white grindhouse movies about sex and drugs and violence. But, um, here's the thing if you make it clinical and pretend that it's educational, then you can get away with whatever crap you want. Like, uh, those, uh, pre code movies, like Maniac and Sex Fiend and. Uh, I just realized I've been talking to a lamp. Okay, that shot is Skinnamarink. (laughs) That shot of a lamp, that's like 15 minutes of Skinnamarink. That is hilarious. Just imagine that, but grainier, and that's the movie Skinnamarink. I can't wait to do it. (laughs) So, George Weiss wanted I change my sex to be clinical to, as they would say back then, and remember this, because it'll come in later. Take the curse off it. So if it's an educational film, you can you can film whatever crap you want—a lady nude jumping in the pool, someone getting stabbed, everyone doing drugs. Oh, it's okay. We're teaching the youth. Yeah. So Ed got what was originally going to be this clinical educational film, um, and made it into what was essentially a biopic with Bella Lugosi as God. I mean. I don't hate George Weiss for adding the BDSM scenes in the middle of all this. Like, I get it. I understand where George Weiss is coming from. This film is too tame to be dirty and too controversial to be tame. So George Weiss just tipped the scales with a bit of BDSM in the middle of the movie so people didn't walk out. I get it. You know? So Ed Wood made this movie Glenn or Glenda. Also known as I Led Two Lives, Behind Locked Doors, He or She, I Changed My Sex, and finally, or Glenda, The Way of Water. To be honest, you probably won't believe me when I say this, I did make one of those titles up. But I'm not telling you which one! You'll have to figure that out for yourself, kids. Okay. So let's uh, put a pin on that and uh, talk about a subject that I know very well, me. Uh, I have known about Ed Wood since the third grade, thanks to a wonderful movie called It Came From Hollywood. Yes. Greatest cast in the freaking world. Uh, Gilda Radner, John Candy, Dan Aykroyd. Cheech and frickin' Chong! All in one movie? That is crazy! The fact that more people aren't absolutely obsessed... Ten-minute warning. It came from Hollywood blows me away. Ten-minute warning. So, uh... It's, uh... Just a collection of uh, scenes from bad movies. And there are different themes... And uh, Cheech and Chong get high in a movie theater, and they've got the trash can full of popcorn, and um, Gilda Radner does that little girl character, and uh, Dan Aykroyd does a great bit where he's a survivor of the nuclear apocalypse, but he's also a former radio DJ. I love that whole bit. And John Candy does a salute to Ed Wood, and he focused on Bride of the Monster, um, Plan Night from Outer Space, and it ends with glen or Glenda, a touching story of a man wrestling with his transvestism. And I loved it. And so I went looking for Ed Wood movies. I would get the TV guide and I looked through every movie in the back. And if I saw one, oh, hey, this is Brad of the Monster. It's playing at uh, 10 a.m. on channel 83. And I would wake up and I would watch it. And, hey, they're going to play Planet Night from Outer Space at midnight. Uh, mom, Dad, I never called them that. Terry, Pepe, can I stay up until midnight and watch Ed Wood's Planet Night from Outer Space? Stevie, you forget. We don't care about you. Do whatever you want. We're drunk. So I'm so they're just drinking. And I'm staying up watching Planet Night from Outer Space. And I became obsessed with Ed Wood. And I... I I thought that his movies weren't that bad, and so when I was in college, so when I was in high school, I started wearing women's clothes, and I kept doing it, and I was in college, and I did it more, and my parents would get angry with me, and um, I remember my father uh, took me and my mom to the mall once. We're going to go to the mall, then we're going to go to this store, then we're going to go here, we're going to pick up this, but we went to the mall, and my dad got angry, and we went straight home, and I wasn't sure why. Why are you doing this? Uh, It turns out I was walking too gay. Oh. And my dad spent an hour yelling at me, teaching me to walk straight like a man. And not an F-A other letter. Okay. So so there's that. So I, I... through Ed Wood and my obsession with Ed Wood, uh, that was the the first glimpse I had into uh, being trans. And I watched this movie, and I spent my whole life freaking laughing at this movie. But now I I even created my entire an entire religion about it, the Church of Ed Wood. So now I'm trans, and I must have watched this movie at least 50 times as a man, but I've only seen it a handful of times as a woman. And this film is such a different film for me now. Like, as a, it, it, I, I guess, you know, movies change with you. Yeah. yeah. When I was a kid, I loved The Goonies. I cannot watch one second of that now. It's annoying as hell. What are these kids doing? They they should stay at home and listen to their parents. Getting into all these shenanigans, you know. Like like I watch, I watched The Little Mermaid growing up, and it was a beautiful film about true love. But the older I get, it's like, bitch, you're like fifteen. Yeah, you are fifteen years old. Sebastian. Listen to your freaking father. Yeah, I relate to Sebastian. I relate to the dad. Like, these people
4: are poisoning your water. They're eating your friends. How are you wanting to be a part of that?
1: Yeah. These people are horrible. These people are absolutely horrible. Like, um, as a teen, I watched Kevin Costner's Waterworld when it came out yeah and it's a horrible movie and i laughed at it and it's still a horrible movie don't get me wrong but now in my 40s i can watch it and go look at that set they just got a giant floating set and it looks incredible how did they make it that's insane uh dennis hopper is chewing all the scenery having fun as hell a lot of the scenes are beautifully shot. How hard must it be to make a movie 98% on water? Yeah. In, in the middle of the ocean, I appreciate the film more now. And so I feel bad about all the times that I watched Glenn or Glenda laughing at it because now I'm watching it as a trans woman. The film opens with a trans woman committing suicide. Yeah. Because she had just gone to jail and she was a trans woman who was jailed for dressing as a woman. Hey, that's some serious stuff. You know? Yeah. That's serious. You know, over 50% of trans and non-binary youth aged 13 to 24 have considered suicide. That's effed up. That is messed up. Uh, End of 2021, beginning of 2022, I was considering committing suicide. So I, 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 now I watch this movie, that ending gave me the freaking chills. That is serious. You know? You know what else is serious?
0: My mom!
1: That's a reference to a cartoon. I don't think you've seen, Bunny. I don't want you to be confused. That's a reference to um, the Cartoon Network show Regular Show. Thank you. Shane P. Granger says Waterworld was a $40 million flop. Good film. Arson Cuff says Tentacle, Octopus, Tentacle, Tentacle, Dorito. That got my wife's attention. What about you? right there? Boom. They
3: well, know what it's about.
1: Yeah, they know what it's about. So, uh, uh, so yeah, I love this movie. It blows me away. I have a little bit more to say, but we've got a, like a three minutes left.
0: Okay. But I don't have that
1: much to say.
0: Should we just run it through again?
1: Yes, how about we take a short break we're, we're not and when done. we come back I'll finish what I have to say and then we can talk about next week and wrap it up. Okay. Because there's no way that I can do that in the two and a half minutes that I have right now before uh, Zoom resets. So how about we take a short break really short break, really tiny short break. Those of you who are still watching, please stick around. We're going to take a short break and when we come back Okay, when we come back, we're gonna uh, finish our talk on Glen or Glenda. Does that sound good? Sound good, let's go. Alright, we will be right back.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm scared. Are you scared? I'm,
2: I'm really Really scared
1: really scared. This is my impression of Jigsaw if he was an eight-year-old child. Hello mom and dad. I'd like to play a game. Do you do you have any games on your phone that I could play? Please?
4: I like the keto I like it. Really I like keto like toast. I've covered says I don't remember
1: that. wasn't too Oh, that looks great. Hold on, let me Let me just up. Okay, let me know when we're back. We're back in. Okay.
4: What are you...
1: I just thought it, it had kind of a David Cronenberg body horror type of thing, if you don't know that it's chicken marinating. So I thought that by, like, opening with that, like, look at that there on the, the Twitch stream. I thought that looked creepy as hell. But yes, well, we are that back. Was,
0: that was all of Herschel Gordon Lewis, though. Yeah, basically,
1: yeah. Herschel Gordon Lewis. Godfather of Gore. The South gonna rise again. yee I like that movie. I like uh, uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis' Bloody Brigadoon. Yeah. I love that. I like that more than I like uh, uh, Bloodfeast.
4: Uh,
1: but... I don't know. It's hard to say. Bunny, Bunny. Um, I figured out what we're doing this summer okay and it's going to be fun and it's not going to be the Fast and the Furious movies because F those movies I don't want to do it every summer we do a, a themed summer where we focus on a specific type of thing we've done the summer of Star Wars the summer of Saw movies the summer of bottoming where uh, we just did anal the entire oh, my wife is shaking it. Wow, yowza! Um, we watched movies from IMDb's bottom 100 list of the 100 worst movies of all time. Uh, so, uh, this summer, I'm gonna tell you, I know what we're doing this summer, I will tell you at the end of the podcast. Okay, so, uh, get ready for that. So, um I 100% agree with what this movie has to say about hats. Okay. I 100% believe that. Bunny, were you a big sports fan growing up? Never. Neither was I. You know what we both have? A beautiful head of hair,
0: my friend. Okay. Uh, I was wondering...
1: That's what we both have. We both have a beautiful head of hair. And the reason why you and I have a beautiful head of hair is because we don't like sports. Because men, they love sports. Oh, I'm going to wear this uh, jacket of my sports team and this shirt of my sports team and this tight-ass hat of my sports team. I'm going to wear this tight hat, which restricts the blood flow to my head everywhere I go, and then these people are so confused as to why they're balding in their 30s. It's because you are wearing that hat all of the time. The same thing happened in the 1950s. Edward talks about it at Glender Glenda. I 100% agree with that. Back in, back in Ed Wood's day, everyone just wore like a hat when they went outside. Every guy wore yeah. a hat. You had to wear a fedora and look like uh, you were in Guys and Dolls. Nicely, nicely, Johnson. Sit down, you're rocking the boat. Uh, Porcupine racetrack. But now, it's like sports teams, primarily. If I was a kid and they made hats based on uh, bad movies, then I would be bald right now. Yes. But they didn't, and so there you go. So I 100% believe that. That is an absolute fact. Now the way I see it, this film Glenn or Glenda, this film Glenn or Glenda, these films, these these films Glenn or Glenda, the people they're laughed at. Oh, Ed Wood, the worst director of all time. Glenn Nine from Outer Space, the worst movie of all time. Do you know it? it like, oh, Ed Wood is the worst director of all time if *Planet 9 from Outer Space is the worst movie of all time. Obviously, you've never downloaded Tubi.
0: Yes. Jeez Louise.
1: There's so many horrible movies have been made that it has been about a decade since an Ed Wood movie. It's been over a decade. It's been maybe two or three decades since... Uh, Any Ed Wood movie was on the IMDb Bottom 100. Because so many bad movies are being made. And just being thrown on a streaming service or direct to Redbox. I don't know.
0: They were swept away.
1: Number 100 on the IMDb Bottom 100 list that summer was Madonna in Guy Ritchie's Swept Away. And I gotta say, worse than every other movie we saw.
0: That was bad. I
1: remember not hating Slenderman that much. I remember hating Chun-Li so much that it was kind of funny. But Swept Away with Madonna? Absolute worst. I will never watch that again. I'll watch Battlefield Earth a couple more times, but I will not put on Swept Away. Yuck a part six. Ugh, that was the worst. But people laugh at Glen or Glenda. However, uh, it, but what is this movie about? When I asked you to explain the quote, uh, to, to ex- explain the plot of Glen or Glenda, you had a hard time. You well, went, because sure, there are different ways
0: because I don't know if even Ed wanted to admit the movie that he was making here. Yeah. So if we take it very on the surface this is a cross-dressing man in a relation to relationship to a woman. But a lot of everything else that he is talking about through, uh, throughout the rest of the movie is clearly trans. Yes. Like it was a step that maybe he felt he was not able to make in his life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I will.
0: So therefore, I will only take it from this point to this point, and stop there.
1: This movie is Ed Wood, Quote: This movie is Ed Wood's attempt at quote taking the curse off of being trans, because that in yeah. his day and age. You could get arrested for going to the movies as a woman. And that was something that happened to him. That yeah. it was a crime for to be trans. So, so Ed Wood was trying to normalize being trans in 1953. That's freaking impressive. And I love this movie so much, and it means so much more to me now. I I, I love the scene that's, like, playing right now with the, like, pipe fitters, the, the welding, the average Joes.
0: But now, and still, uh, okay, still, you got to admit that as a movie, still not a good movie. It yes. might have it might have good things to say but literally this movie could be a radio play.
1: This movie is like having kids and your kids say, "Mom, dad, I wrote a play. Do you want to watch it?" And you sit down and you watch this play that your kids made and it's not a good play, but it came from your kids' heart, yeah. And you can tell that what they are doing is super important to them, and they love it. So you sit there and you watch it, and afterwards you give them claps and you say, "Good show." That this is Ed's personal, beautiful, bizarre, non-linear artistic statement. Is it good? It's not great, but. You can tell that this meant so much to him, oh, and I love yeah.
0: that. Fuck you! Yeah. I love that so much. Oh no, it's definitely to be admired. Yeah, I'm. I'm not saying that, but but I did a have good, not the best filmmaker in the world. Yeah, most of the movie comprises. I mean, what we're seeing right now is some of the more artsy attempts. But most of it is two people in a room talking. Yeah, a lot of that. You know? And Oh, except for the big car
1: chase at the end. That blew me away. Where did he get the trans mentor? Yeah, yeah, the old tra- trans people just find each other. Yeah. That's all I can say. There were people at. A, I go to church now. I've been going to church for a year now. I am a active in my local episcopalian church and uh slowly but surely all of these uh old white episcopalians have been liking me on facebook and i've been nervous about that because so many of these episcopalians are old and rich and white and i don't know if my extreme leftist uh extremely trans ideology meshes with their lifestyle but yeah. um there were people at church who didn't realize I was trans and there were people at church that I didn't realize were trans. Oh, I'm one of like five trans people at that church. And that is awesome. And then I'm finding all of these trans friends on, on, a uh, on Twitter and I'm on all these groups on Facebook and I have a trans son. And, um, um, I try not to say that because I don't want to be Royal Tannenbaum. What? This is my youngest, Eleanor. This is Maxwell. And this is my trans son, Mel. I don't want to just say that over and over again. Yeah. This is my trans son. I I don't want to just label them as just that. Because there are a lot of other things. Your son. They're also uh extremely loud and wonderful at cussing. They have become like a cuss smear.
0: That is that is good. That is good. There was always that potential there. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I have a problem with Glenn or Glenda. There are things that are inexcusable in this film that I have a hard time with. Okay. This film, yes, it's trying to... You can say, Ed Wood made a film in the 1950s trying to normalize trans people. And, and you can say that, but that's only part of it. This film is still very much a product of its time because at the end, oh, yeah, Glenn is cured of being trans. Yeah. It seems as if this film is trying to say if you like wearing women's clothes, there's one of two things. Number one, you cure yourself of this horrible thing. Or number two, you get your dick chopped off. There is no in between. <laughs> no. It's the 1950s. Get your dick chopped off or give it up. So, you know, uh, Glenn is cured of being trans in the first story, while in the much shorter second story, it's basically stated or implied that if you're a man who wants to be a woman, the only way is surgery. It's either surgery or you get cured. Yeah. So this movie is about acceptance, and yet you can tell that society made Ed really hate himself for wanting to dress as a woman. Yeah. And I feel bad for him, but trans is different now. Being trans is different now. Ed paints Glenda as basically having split personalities. I'm trans. I don't have a split personality. I used to be Steve. Now I'm A-Lin. Period. I, I'm not. I'm not like. Oh, I'm torn. You know, like Ed in yeah. the, oh. like that, like that scene where he takes off his wig in front of the mirror. Yes, like like that's not me. But I do understand what trans people say. That like in the beginning when I came out, I said I'm I'm a woman. I am trans. My name is Maylin. I am Maylin now, but I'm still the same person that you knew. I'm still the person that you knew and grew up with and worked with. I'm still that same person. I'm still Mr. Steve, the storyteller, and I'm still Steve. I'm just May Lynn now. but it's a, I've been trans for almost two years, and I've been transitioning a, on hormone replacement therapy for almost two months now, for uh, two months, uh, for almost a year. I've been trans for almost two years, and I've been on hormones for almost one year. I feel like I am 100% a different person. I am literally, there is no more Steve in me. I am 100% Mei Lin. I remember that person, but I am not that person. People can change. I think I'm ready to hold the baby. <laughs> Ask Bunny. He used to be in my Dangerous Nights crew. What crew? We went out for wings once. You take me to you took me to a place called the Blue Dolphin. Blue Dolphin's not there anymore. It burned down. Johnny Ronnie's ass up. He works with his brother now. <laughs> God, I love, I love that show so much. I speak a new language and it's called I Think You Should Leave. It's on Netflix. It's the greatest show in the world. I'm quoting that like I used to quote Money Python. Yeah. Neat! Me now instead of or nudge nudge wink wink I say oh nice that is a good idea and I stand by the best part of ant-man and the wasp quantum mania is when the guy from the focus group sketch in season 1 of i think you should leave shows up That's worth the ticket alone. (laughs) That is worth the ticket alone. Thank you, Spider-Man! Good on you, dude! And then the guy who played Santa Claus in two skits in season two of I Think You Should Leave was the uh, redneck guy in uh, in the laundromat in the best picture of the year. I... Everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, so anyway, Glenda Glenda. Uh wonderful movie, but being trans is different. Um, I don't have split personalities, and Glenn didn't have split personalities. Ed didn't have split personalities. This is how I see being trans now. Um, when I mistakenly thought I was a guy, I was drinking all the time. And my girlfriend, whom I was living with, Debbie, she was smoking weed all the time. And after work, we would go to Ben And we knew all the bartenders and we would drink with them. And then we would close the bar down, but they would still let us in there and we would drink some more. And then it's like 2 a.m. And we head to the bartender's house, like the three of them lived together, and they smoked a bunch of weed and listened to Grateful Dead, and we stayed up until about four or five in the morning, drunk and high. And I that's when I started listening to the Grateful Dead. I heard the song Saint Stephen at about the time that the Church of Ed Woods started exploding. And next thing you know, I'm doing interviews on NPR and I'm on. Oh, this talk show wants to talk to me. This morning, radio station wants to schedule an interview. This syndicated show wants to do a bit with me. Oh, I'm going to be interviewed for this magazine, this newspaper. And it was all exciting. And so I I would listen to the song St. Stephen with a rose in and out of the garden he goes. Country garden with the wind and the rain. Wherever he goes, the people all complain. Um... Did it matter? Does it now? Stephen would answer if he only knew how. I thought that that song was about me, and it was my theme, and I was Saint Stephen, and then I stopped listening to the song, and then I realized I was trans, and about a year ago, I heard the song for the first time in a long time, and just like watching Glenn or Glenda as a trans woman, now I see Saint Stephen as a song about Malin and... Steve because even before uh, I was Malin, I was Steve and basically Steve died so that Maylin could live so now the song Saint Stephen is about uh the martyr Steve who gave up his life so that Malin could be an awesome bitch okay And so and so I when I would listen to it as a guy, I never understood the part where everything starts getting really slow. And the first line is lady fingers dipped in moonlight. Writing what for across the morning sky and it gets all all sad and all quiet yeah. And all, I don't know, sexy, if you can call Grateful Dead sexy. The combined weight of that band was like 900 yeah, um, pounds.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to accept that.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. um,
1: But now the song St. Stephen is about the person who I used to be. But then when the lady fingers dipped in Moonlight part, that part's about May Lin. Now the song's about the both of us. It's about how Steve died so then Malin could live. And I am super happy and I love my life. And there are all these freaking Republicans out there that are just painting all uh, trans people as uh, pedophiles and deviants. It, it, we're getting our rights taken away. I live in the absolute worst state right now. Uh, I, I'm wanting to get some facial feminization surgery, get some electrolysis for my uh, five o'clock shadow that won't stop yeah but so I'm I'm trying to get some surgery scheduled for myself and I'm really happy with how far I have come in my trans journey
0: but so like um, actual plastic surgery
1: yeah uh, my my insurance does cover up to an extent um gender affirming surgeries including facial feminization surgery so uh tightening out my cheeks a little bit, making the nose smaller, making the chin less chiseled and beautiful, fixing yeah. hairlines and just making my face smaller and more feminine and, uh, shaving down this, uh, big honking Adam's apple that I have. I'd have yeah. less of a massive forehead and I would just look more feminine and more passing. And I'm hoping to get that maybe in a year or two. Yeah.
0: But there's, but there's gotta be like some YouTube tutorials and things like that. I I, I I think I think Tasha should do it on her Twitch channel. Bunny, we might knock on your door tonight. We're shaving with, down Maylins Adam's apple. Yeah, we're and gonna she, knock and, on your door, and she's got a buttons. cheese grater. You know? <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, it can't be as painful as the face waxing I did, and that, ugh. You should I sh- you should have put me you should have put me down for that. You should have uh, knocked me out. Given me some whiskey or something. That was horrible. But um society has changed in the now 70 years since this movie came out. This is the 70th anniversary of Glenor Glenda. Yeah. It came out in 1953 and here we are in 2023 this film that people are still talking about and taking new and interesting looks at is almost a hundred years old yeah and it still has a lot to say but it's obvious that in eddie's day you couldn't just come out and be a woman but now you can sure your life will be in danger and you might have rights taken away, and a kid's book author will want you dead. Yeah. A kid's book author who wrote some books that sound an awfully lot like a bunch of other books. This chick will just want you to die. Um, Uh, but... Excuse me. She's the victim here? Yeah. J.K. Rowling is the victim. J.K. Rowling is, uh, the only...
0: Billionaire Who actually has it rough Or oh, oh, Just weak I don't know, I see, I see a lot of Transphobes and things like that y- Your top 100 Transphobes, you know what I mean uh, mm-hmm. Like your Matt Walsh's And things like this And like How weak are you what yeah. I, I don't understand, I don't understand, like, I see a man with a problem when I hear them talking about trans transgender people. I see a man with a pro- I, I am a cishet male. That's what I am. I didn't choose this. This is what I am. This is all. You putting on a dress and coming out as trans has done nothing to me. I think apparently I'm supposed to put on a dress now. Like Won't that's somebody how it works? please think of the children. So when I yeah. hear them going on, like I'm just hearing their own fragile, weak sense of self. Yeah. And it's like, really, like just work on yourself, dude. How
1: weak how weak can a billionaire author be that the existence of a 46-year-old trans woman is a danger to her? Yeah. Yeah. But being trans is doable now. And it 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 was a lot harder in Ed Wood's day. And Glen or Glenda is an attempt by Ed Wood to normalize that uh that Trans lifestyle in the hopes That you know One day people won't Have to be cured The Glens can just I wish that I could go to Ed Wood and say hey You can just be Glenda You don't have To be Glenn We live in a society
0: just be Who you want to be it doesn't matter It doesn't hurt anybody Yeah, I, I think I might have a similar Criticism to this that I have to Wong Fu, where, like, yes, he's really trying to say something, and he's he's being bold and brave as fucking shit, especially for the time, okay? Yeah. But you could tell that he is not ready to fully commit to it, and that shows. Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes we're not ready to commit to those parts and I think it shows.
1: John Leguizamo, on the other hand,
0: Hachibama. She was Miss Chi Chi. Okay.
1: You get John Leguizamo in Romeo plus Juliet. It's not Romeo and Juliet, there's a frickin' plus. And then you get uh John Leguizamo in Two Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. You put those together. You have me. <laughs> I had the hots for John Leguizamo's character in Too Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. That did something for me. Yeah. And again, I had no clue I was trans. I'm so blind.
3: I mean, it did something for me.
1: Not yeah, but it did something for me. Woo! I love John Leguizamo so much. But if Ed Wood existed now He would just be Shirley, which was his female name, just like Glenn was Glenda. Ed Wood dressed as a woman and was Shirley, but he was always Ed Wood. But if Ed Wood were around today, he wouldn't be Ed Wood. We'd be talking about the movies of Shirley. Yes, we would. Shirley Wood. Shirley Surely would. What song is that? Surely would. That's a that's oh, that's gonna bug me. It's, It's some classic rock song. Um, I think it's Led Zeppelin. Okay. Um, but Ed Wood would be trans if he were alive, and I think he would be proud of me. Yes, he would. Being a trans woman. Spreading his word, going to the movies. The first movie I saw as a woman was Raya and the Last Dragon. I was so nervous going to the movies as a woman. And my my wife and my kids, they were so nice. And they were like, we know you're nervous, other mother. We can go with you. And I was like, no, I'm not sure why. But Malin has never gone to, to a movie theater ever. This is something I have to do on my own, and I did. And I saw this movie, and it now, ah, oh, this Disney movie is an important piece of my heart because <laughs> it was the first movie I ever saw. And I have a couple of stuff in my background. Ah, ten minute warning again! Wow. Well, I'm 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 pretty much done. I think Edward would be proud of me, we, and I love. We this need
0: movie. to canonize it as a Woody and Holiday though.
1: We do. We do. We do. We absolutely do. Bunny. Yes. Uh, so next week we're going to do Skin of Marink. Uh, question We record this every other Sunday. So the next time we would record would be Easter. Do you still want to do it on Easter if you have nothing going on? I would have no problem with that.
0: I'm still a heathen. You're the church lady.
1: Yeah, but I can still go to church.
2: <laughs>
1: church is earlier. Church is at 8. It's just
0: another Sunday to me.
1: But are you okay with that, Bunny? Sure. It on Easter? Sure. <laughs> so, next week, for Easter, to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord, Skinnamarink. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. This movie is freaking... You either... You are either scared to death of it or it's the worst movie you've ever seen. I can yeah. see how people would be deathly scared of this, but also I cannot stand this movie at all. First off, Bunny, before you watch it, it's in our cough cough, but I want to let you know it's not a bad copy, it's not a bootleg, it's not a cam that's just how the movie looks
0: that's just how it looks okay
1: okay don't go oh there might be something wrong here or oh was someone in a trench coat like filming this at 3 a.m at a movie theater in new york city no that's just how the movie looks <laughs> this movie is in like fucking is in 780p or whatever what it's It's not high definition, but it's not 480p. It's like 720 whatever p. It just looks like that. So I want (laughs) to let you know now, I cannot wait for you to watch this movie so we can discuss it. And so, before we go, let me tell you what we're doing this summer. I am excited for this. I am super excited for this. I'm calling it The summer... I just unplugged the microphone. Hold on. Ah! Okay. Can you hear me, Bunny? I can hear you. Okay. I'm calling it The Summer of Yo. Uh
0: Uh-oh. Okay. We're
1: watching every Rocky.
0: Every Rocky? Oh, Rocky,
1: Rocky, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, Rocky 4, and unfortunately, Rocky 5, Rocky Balboa, Creed, Creed 2, and by the time we get to that, Creed 3 should be out as a digital, so we'll watch that one too. We're also going to be watching some other boxing-adjacent films, such as Boxing Helena. Okay. It is a boxing movie, so that'll be fun. Uh, and I've got a few other kind of Rocky knockoffs. Um, We should watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> like, this is a weird sequel. Yeah. Oh, I am... I have a great idea for a cover yeah. album where you do covers of popular songs as different celebrities. I was just now picturing... Tim Curry as Dr. Frankenfurter. It's the eye of the tiger. <laughs> it's the thrill of the fight. Rising up to the challenge of our rivals. <laughs> Gladiator, that was another one that I was thinking of doing for the summer of Woe. But here's what's going to make this really fun, Bunny. Okay. We are going to count... Every yo. Uh oh. Every yo in every movie, and then we'll be keeping a running tally of how many yo's are in the entire series. So by the time we get to Creed 3, how many yo's have been said? Okay. Now, Rocky 5 will really throw us off because there's one scene. So in Rocky 5, Rocky loses all of his money and he goes back to live in the crappy neighborhood that he started. And uh, it's Christmas and Polly's still alive, despite the fact that he smoked uh, 100 cigars every day for 60 years. Uh, Polly shows up and he's uh, dressed as Santa Claus. And he goes, he has a sack over his back and he goes, yo, 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 I'm Santa Claus. And Rocky goes, hey, Santa, you don't say yo, yo, yo. You say ho, 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 not yo, yo, yo. And <laughs> the... <laughs> The poly is like, well, I'm Santa, and if I say that I say yo, 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 then I say yo, yo, yo. <laughs> My friends and I specifically said, let's count how many yo's are in this movie, and this scene is happening, and, like, four high schoolers are just laughing their asses off. While everyone else is being silent, and they're confused. <laughs> I say everyone else like a bunch of people went to go see Rocky Five, but I'm really excited about the summer of yo. This is going to Sounds be fun. Like some fun. of these movies are great. Some of the movies are great. <clears throat> not all of the movies. Uh, but some of them are wonderful. I love Mr. T. And I love all of Rocky IV. I love all of that
0: movie. I liked Rocky Three, but like that's it's, it's not a good movie. Yeah. You yeah. know, especially when we start with rocky which is a good movie yeah and a hard drama and definitely an oscar winner
1: yeah but that's what we're doing this summer the summer of the obi oh no it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun i'm excited and also i've just been postponing doing the summer of fast and or furious because i hate those movies uh but that is the, Cle- summer, it's the that's- cleveland
0: balloon disaster of summer movies.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh the Cleveland balloon disaster. Yeah, we'll get to it eventually. Um honey, we only we only got to the 20th the 21st president. So we're going to continue. It's going to be a series of making fun of presidents. It was it was so good. It was so much fun. Oh, it's okay. Um, But that's uh, in the future. Now that I'm thinking about this movie, I gotta say, I've gotta say, when I'm looking back at this episode of the Popon film...
4: Hold on. Sure.
1: I think this is a damn good episode.
0: This has been... A damn good episode.
1: We are in agreement, my friend! Yes. This time I was so certain that it was a good episode. That this is, I believe, the first episode ever. That, I, that I've that purposefully stepped on your toes. <laughs> because that's how good this episode has been. Yes. But yes, I concur with <laughs> your assessment,
0: good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams.
1: And I am Reverend May Lin, and on behalf of Eleanor and Natasha and Mal and Maxwell and everybody else, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens! And you douche-fuffles and cookies. And you or Glenda's. Nice. Little, little, little. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Eleanor. Good job. Do, 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 Tonight, Johnny welcomes Dr. Joyce Brothers, <laughs> Dom DeLuise, and music from David Bowie. And now, here's Johnny. A hole in the wall where the men can see it all. Do-do-do-do-do. do 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 skiddy pop doo wow Cut
4: and print. And fill the letter.